Hi, everyone, and welcome to the COVID-19 Vaccine Show. I'm excited to welcome the program, Dr. Mark Hayden. Dr. Mark, how are you? And uh, thank you for your service. And it just, you know, uh, we've just been talking vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. And the news out is exactly what you predicted a couple months ago. Yeah, you know, it is uh, the end of the second wave in the United States has, has kind of occurred. The cases numbers are falling. Uh, that was to kind of be expected and was anticipated. Uh, there was a lot of exposure in the United States, and really there's a lot of exposure around the world. Uh, it, it was really anticipated that this, after this surge, you know, things go into a lull state. So that's where we're at now. The actual case numbers have really fallen dramatically for today. Oh, absolutely. They, they have definitely, and that's, that's good news. Uh, but what about the wave from UK? Is that going to come? Well, you know, these uh, we had talked about for a long time that uh, it, there is no practical, efficient way currently today to inoculate 7 billion people or even, well, there is a way to inoculate, but not to vaccinate 7 billion people. So uh, these mutations are occurring around the world in Africa and in Europe and in Asia and in South America and in every continent. You hear more about it probably from the uh, British variant or English variant in large part because they probably have better surveillance. They got better lab tests and better lab diagnostics. And so those societies that are more sophisticated diagnostics, they're gonna notice that they have more dangerous pathogens that are spreading more rapidly that are, are of the COVID variants. But it's probably true that there are other variants out there already that they haven't identified that they're much worse than what, what are the known variants in England. You know, England's only a small part of the world's population, probably less than 1%. And, you know, it, it's around the world, there's all kinds of variants that are gonna be more transmissible. Some of them may be more, uh, more uh, deadly as well. So. You know, we'll, we'll wait and see. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's the situation is, Mark, that you just were in this uh, the, the see, but you think there's not going to be a spike in March. So you don't think what happened in the UK is going to happen here. Here's what I think, uh, Neil, and, and this is my, my, my basic understanding of things. When the vaccine came out, Pfizer and Moderna, and so far as AstraZeneca, all those intramuscular vaccines. So right now, the, when you say the word vaccine, you're really suggesting that the available vaccines are all intramuscular. My guess would be that almost all the intramuscular vaccines have about the same efficacy. The reason that the claims in the United States are hyped up, promoted, uh, et cetera, is because uh, there's a lot of big money behind it. And that's what big money gets you is a lot of hype and a lot of uh, media and, and favorable press. Uh, so, but if you look at the vaccine immunity from intramuscular vaccines, those do not produce the same level of immunity of a natural exposure. And in fact, they didn't claim that. One of the things that we knew early from last year was that even 
people that got COVID and were hospitalized, some of those people didn't have increases in their serum, in their bloodstream antibodies. And yet what we find is, is that this COVID is a mucosal disease. If you don't stop it on the surface of the illness, it will continue to multiply. Now, Vaxart made some efforts in that, and I won't go into detail Vaxart's efforts, but Vaxart was really the only effort to try to develop a mucosal defense, along with, I think there was a one up at UAB that was being tested as a nasal spray. And I think both of those are basically headed in the right direction using a mucosal defense. Of course, what I did uh, using an oral inoculation, using oral intestinal exposure is still today the best way to get the broadest long lasting immunity. Uh, and that is by exposing it to your intestinal tract. So um, that hasn't changed. And I think we've talked about that for about months since I first got on the show. Um, so I think it's, you know, when you think of immunity, ask yourself, did you get a natural exposure? And if the answer is yes, I would say you have better, much better protection against the new variants that are coming out. If you only got vaccinated with the one in the muscle, you may have very brief or minimal or even no immunity within two or three months. You know, they didn't guarantee hardly, there's no guarantees with, with the intramuscular vaccine. Um, so, and one of the things that was never really discussed was, uh, there was this idea in, in the US that, hey, if we get a vaccine, we're all going to, going to be saved, that salvation comes through vaccination. Uh, and that was a myth, just a plain myth. COVID is here to stay. And if you talk to anybody, you will understand that any of the good experts that have any, any brains at all or any candor and are not just uh, sock puppets for a big, big industry, they will tell you that COVID will continue to mutate it's going to continue to have new waves of new mutants. And that what you really have to look at is long term. How are you going to best defend your immune system? And that is going to be through an intestinal path that has, you know, I developed my, my intestinal solution, but regular industry has not. Uh, Vaxart should be more aggressively pursuing research. And I won't get into details on their methods because I'm going to be a competitor of theirs soon. So I don't want to discuss too much in detail. Yeah. I mean, no, that's, that's, we don't want to. And and so, and the, but again, so what you've decided to do to get this out there starting in March is um, you're going to go ahead first, your wife and yourself swallowed the vaccine swallowed. Absolutely. COVID. I think I've done it. Uh, I have swallowed COVID at least five times. Now, Having said that, it's important. I actually grew it out of my small intestine, you feel me? So my intestinal tract grew it out. And one of the beautiful things about an intestinal infection of COVID is it doesn't happen for just three days. Usually your, your, your mouth is only positive for about a week, if only that you can do a, a rapid test or a PCR test. Uh, but you can actually grow it out through the intestinal tract for weeks. And I was fortunate enough uh, to grow mine out and send it to a CLIA approved lab in Georgia. And 
fortunately, uh, that guy confirmed that I did have it growing in my intestinal tract from intestinal exposure. So that was a wonderful, beautiful thing. Now, here's one of the things. Let's contrast what I did to what the vaccine programs are. I have taken it five times. I could take it every day for the rest of this year. That means I think we have, what, about 300 days left at least this year. I could take COVID orally 300 days the rest of this year. You, however, or not you, but the general public getting a vaccine, they can't go get vaccinated every day. After about probably the fourth or fifth or 10, actually the, the, the side effects of the intramuscular shots build up very, very quickly. So they, the intramuscular people and intramuscular vaccines are, div, are pursuing a systemic bloodstream immunity. My immunity choice and my immunity approach is to have a surface defense that does not interfere with my systemic processes that happen in my bloodstream. You know, let, let's put it simple for people. And I like simple ideas and simple analogies. If I can wear bulletproof armor on my chest, why would I need to insert bulletproof armor under my skin or in my bloodstream? I don't want bulletproof armor inside my body. I want it on the outside. I want to have an external defense. That way it will not interfere with all the processes in my body. And that is, that was my choice. And that was based on a very simplistic reasoning. And, and I, I was, had, I had some other, you know, I'd studied the issues. But see, now what we're getting into is this approach of intramuscular vaccines. There's no guarantee that, number one, people can continue to take round after round after round of intramuscular vaccines. This is an ongoing problem. This is not going away. And so just as we're meeting on this wonderful Friday, you know, and always put in, you know, thank God for another good day. Uh, i got to count my days and make my days count. My days are numbered. This thing's going to go on. So we're still going to be have meeting after meeting after meeting about COVID. So, COVID so, so it's not it's not going it's not going to end. So let, let's just so, so you're saying that COVID's not disappearing anytime soon, and it, and it may actually get much worse. That's right. And that's going to be the European version. Uh, it could be European. I think the Europeans picked up on it because they have good diagnostics, but there may be some coming from Africa or from South America or, or parts of Asia that where they don't have good lab testing and good, hey, guess what? That may be far more pathogenic. And why is it not pathogenic. showing up in the news? I guess we don't want to go political, but why is, it not, why is it not showing up in the news then? Well, you know, on the one hand, when somebody in a remote part of Africa develops a mutant strain that is very toxic, they don't keep track of, they don't have the lab resources to even track it. They won't pick it up for, until there's 10,000, 100,000 or million cases. So until it spreads out enough to get into the more, into the areas where there's better lab testing, they won't even pick that up. Let's go, then let's go right to the vaccine then. Why, so we all, we talked about why it's going to be ineffective. It's not that it's not a bad drug. I mean, a bad uh, prophylactic yet it's not as effective as other prophylactics and yet it still does not stop the spread of COVID-19 why is not out, out there we're hearing more stories of I contracted COVID-19 after my second shot uh 
What do you tell people? What you tell people is when that vaccine came out for Pfizer and Moderna, which was December, we're only talking two months ago, the FDA had a long uh, uh, emergency use authorization. But really the sum total of that e emergency use authorization was to say that something is better than nothing. They didn't, the uh, CDC did not offer or even inform people that there was such a thing as inoculation or, or intestinal immunity. All those issues were never discussed by Fauci. They were never even acknowledged by the CDC. There was no uh, arguments that unleashed the power of oral vaccines. That was a Vaxart kind of uh, approach. And so what, what happened was when those vaccines came out in December, they really, if you read the fine print, the, F, the, the CDC only said that something was better than nothing. That's what they said. Uh, and that's a, a generalization or summary of what they said. And to some degree, I think that they were right. You know, if somebody was not going to have any immunity at all and was thinking very much in the short term, like next three months, then you gave them some immunity. But did you give them long-term immunity? No. Did you make it actually worse on them a year from now? And that is, that wasn't even considered, okay? Guess what? There were no long-term studies to see how long the vaccine immunity from Moderna or Pfizer would last. No, that was not a consideration. I mean, and that was... It was never even tested, never proven, never, never claimed. Now, what they did was they had these big public programs, get your vaccine, save America, you know, get your vaccine and stop the mutations. Remember that argument? We want to stop this virus now. Right. So you go get your vaccine. Now, let me get this straight. There's there's seven billion people and a few 30 million Americans are going to make a dent in how many mutations are out there. <laughs> not, not in, not really. It's, it's all an exaggeration, but it's all meant to boost prices and, and keep the economy going and, and things like that. It, there are political, it becomes a political issue based on money. It is not based on common sense or reality. And so, you know, my father-in-law got the vaccine. Okay. Y'all don't know him and, and I will not identify. Yeah. yeah okay. But uh, my father-in-law, he got the vaccine and, you know, when he got a second shot, yeah, he got a pretty bad reaction. But, and I've had other family members that got the vaccine and had pretty bad reactions. That's with two shots. Are those family members ever going to be able to take 10 shots? You know, I have taken personally the flu shot probably every year for 30 years. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not hell bent on anti-vaccines. However, the flu shot did not protect me. Almost every year I got the flu anyway. But at least I could say this about the flu shot. The flu shot was fairly benign. I mean, I didn't even really get a sore arm. I didn't have rashes. I didn't have weird things going on with my body. I can't say that about the, the amount of side effects of COVID is far, far greater than influenza. And that's, and we haven't given... 20 rounds of COVID yet, of COVID intramuscular vaccines. So, you know, if, if the way, the best way I can explain that is remember when you had coronavirus and you had the common cold, 
Have you had, you've had a common cold, right? Yes. And so have one, so have almost every human being on the face of the earth has had a common cold. And yet one third of those common colds or 2 billion people had coronavirus as a common cold. And remember the old expression, you remember this expression, starve a cold, feed a fever. You remember that one? You ever heard yes. of that one? Yeah. Remember when you get a cold, you don't have a lot of systemic side effects, do you? You don't have no. Ache, no, you don't have severe aching muscles, severe chills. It does. What you have is a surface reaction. Your nose gets runny and drippy and clogged up. That is a surface reaction. But your body, you're not shaking with 102 fever. You're not totally wiped out. And you finally you can't. Technically, you could work if you take tissues and wipe your nose and go to work. That's what you get with a coronavirus cold. You don't have a lot of systemic. So your body is able to handle coronavirus on the surface level. That is the way the whole coronavirus family is and should be taken care of as a surface defense, not through a bunch of systemic reactions. And of course, we were all around when the first in the first months of last year when they said, hey, guess what? They'll never develop a successful COVID virus uh, vaccine. And so here we are a year later, they're going to push it in people's arms, regardless, pretty much regardless of the side. I mean, side effects or not, they're going to get their vaccine. And that's that's good. You know, I mean, there were better options, you find me, but but that's that's they're going to only be given the options that big government, big pharma wanted to get. Wow. So let's just jump. So I, I understand what you're saying. So you're basically saying that it's going to be herd immunity at one point in time. But what about the world? What if the world keeps bringing back this virus? If it never disappears, okay, so, are we going to have masks on forever? The vaccine doesn't work because the vaccine's not meant to stop COVID-19. It yeah, We don't know. We're not going to go to political reasons. They okay. thought this was something that would be a prophylactic versus HCQ or ivermectin. But the okay. bottom line is at the end of the day, they are going to go with this vaccine as this is the magic elixir to stop the pandemic, uh, you know, a million shots, whatever. Yeah. But so what I'm here, saying, here's, here's what you need to think about. Okay. Here's, here's the way I think about that. Natural immunity will give you much better protection. You, I mean, you discussed with the show, I think that you had had COVID, correct? My wife had COVID. I had symptoms of COVID. I know it wasn't the cats. I mean, I didn't have any medication, but I was doing okay. my inhaler and it was doing yeah. nothing for me and I couldn't breathe hardly. And then basically got another escape. The, uh, the, 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 the one that's the 24 hour plus the other, and it stopped. And I don't know if it was the cats or not, but it was the worst. I never had asthma like that where I would take the inhaler and still it was hitting me and I had like other signs of COVID never got tested, but my wife did have it very minimal signs. Okay. Let me, let me give you, assuming that you had a natural exposure and assuming that you had a surface mucosal antibodies, which I think in a modern world a year later, and we're not, we don't have mucosal antibody tests. Uh, that's a reflection on, the technology of the CDC and why the CDC, anyway, but it, that's a, they're behind on that. But let me give you this, those with natural infections and those with intestinal exposures, they are likely to have, when the mutants come, they will have a much 
better defense than I suspect than the people who had vaccines. Now, the people that had the vaccines, their immunity may wear off in two or three months. So that, and some of the people that had natural exposures, their immunity may decrease with time. So that three or four months from now, that, that next wave of, or surge, that is going to occur. Now, is it going to occur in late spring? Is it going to occur in early fall? Or will it occur next winter? That depends on how, how, how uh, pathological and how easily transmitted the new virus is going to be. And so what you're going to get is the mutant strains, not the old strains, will dominate the next wave. And that wave is probably, I would say there's a 90% probability to 95% probability that by next winter, we'll be in a whole nother wave. And will that wave be more toxic uh, or, or will, will it be associated with more deaths, more disability and more disease? Uh, that depends on whether they come up with, with, with new treatments. Um, so but what yes, does it do? It looks like the outlook doesn't look great. That, but you no, think it, it, gonna, it, people are just going to contract this? They're going to have to use some of these other prophylactics and basically just live with this is just like the yes. flu? Yes. Hey, I will say this. You know, I sent you that article, and I would love for our readers. Unfortunately, I can't pop that article up. Can you pop that article? Any rate, we'll we'll try to. No, I think I think we should focus on this as the audio podcast. But everyone needs to go to the website. And we'll yes. put it up on the website, antivirusair.com. And we're also working on some other uh, yes. things. So let's, there's just a way to finish this up because this is just, again, a sad situation of people that have tuned in and watched and listened to every episode of the COVID-19 vaccine show. Thank you again for getting this information. Share this with as many people as possible. But the point I'm going to make, and I'm going to make it right now in this final, and, and also on the syndicated radio stations, the point I'm going to make and the point I'm going to make right now, guys, uh, in, in this process is that it's not COVID's not going to disappear. We're going to have to treat it, what I'm sounding like, uh, as we get the flu. It's a little stronger, a lot stronger than flu can kill you, but we need to get to just living with it. And if that means wearing masks, I hate to say it, we might have to wear masks, but we have to go back to normal. We have to start going to events. We start to have to have restaurants open. We just have to understand that we have to become better at these things. This is my take. This is not a doctor's take. But the thing that Dr. Mark is going to do is have an event where he's going to prove that his vaccine or his method of treating COVID 19 in a way so that you do not get the virus because you've already had the virus is swallowing it but that's not what he's going to do there his wife and himself swallowed up um, the virus the living virus and were able to survive and fine and it's been used as a semi-vaccine now he's going to because he says his 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 method of contracting the virus and building herd immunity in a certain way where he's had it He's going to allow people at an event in March, and we're going to talk more about this, where people are going to, that have COVID-19 can breathe on Dr. Mark. Isn't that correct, Mark? And, That's exactly right. And, 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 fact, and breathe yeah. right on you in a live event, 200 people in Atlanta, Georgia, 
Well, I, I feel like this is uh, an interesting uh, story and all this, uh, this is going to help benefit the food bank. <clears throat> I, again, I'm doing this Don King thing, but everyone needs to check it out. Best place now, antivirusair.com. I'll let my voice go to finish up this podcast, antivirusair.com. Uh, follow Dr. Mark Hayden on all social media platforms. Check out all the different things and share this podcast. Share this radio show if it's on the radio show and you're listening to a drive time somewhere. Anything to add before we close up? You know, it, it's, it's really this simple. The next wave is coming. The next wave may be more severe. You need to learn as much as you can about natural intestinal immunity. You need to watch me inhale SARS-CoV-2 virus and, ha- and show no side effects. Then you will be confident. Ask anybody from any other vaccine manufacturer to do that and they will be afraid. I am not afraid. I have done it many times already. And it's the proof is it, you have to be willing to go there. You have to believe in your product and your ideas and your concepts. So, you know, thank God for all our blessings. Make your days count and count your days. All right. Thank you, Dr. Mark. And we'll talk soon. Thank you. All right. That was the COVID-19 vaccine show, guys.